If you're on a GLP-1, you're probably loving the results. You look good. But how do you feel? How about the stomach issues? Loss of muscle mass? Lacking energy? All of those side effects can take a toll. So now what? The answer is GNC. We have solutions that can help address those side effects and make sure you don't get knocked off your path. Because when it comes to living healthy, we're all about it. And that includes keeping you going on your GLP-1 journey. GNC. When I found out I was going to be a parent, I immediately felt a lot of anxiety and worry. So I went on to BetterHelp to try to look for a therapist to help me with that. My relationship with my family and with my boyfriend and with myself were suffering. I really needed help. I was ruminating a lot. Really getting those thoughts out to a therapist and getting feedback was just life-changing. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's betterhelp.com. TVI say with Ashley Ray, another episode, another episode of TVI say with Ashley Ray. Another episode, another episode of TVISA with Hello, welcome to episode nine of TVISA with Ashley Ray. We're back. We're back with another episode, as the song goes. I want to thank you all for the positive outpour after last week's episode, Seth Rogen, Roxane Gay, that, yeah, you guys seemed really happy with it. I'm so happy that you loved us talking about Trash TV. I I am so thrilled. Today on the podcast, I have a Christmas treat for you all. This is my last episode of the year. I'm going to take Christmas and New Year's Day off. We'll be back Friday after that. I think it's like January 8th or whatever. I'll be back with a new episode then. So this is my Christmas gift, my goodbye for the year to you. And it is Brandy Evans, Mercedes from P-Valley. She's given us holiday greetings. She's blessing us from the pink. That's our guest this week. Can't wait to talk to her. She's such a lovely person. We'll get to that, of course. But before we do, it's time for the watch list. This is the the list of things that I watched over the last week and a half, two weeks. I didn't really do a detailed watch list last week. So this is kind of a, a mess of a list of just things that I've watched over maybe the last two weeks. I've got a lot of TV opinions this week that I'm going to share. So I hope you're ready to buckle in for the watch list because it's a long one. Let's just start with Grey's Anatomy. Look, I have watched Grey's Anatomy since the day it premiered. I have never missed an episode. I have known the show Grey's Anatomy at this point in my life longer than my dead father. It raised me, is what I will say. So that's why I can never give up on the show. But it's bad. It's bad. It got bad again. Like every Grey's fan knows that it has like high and low periods like it'll be like a high where you're like oh it got back on track they got a new group of interns that's killing it oh you gotta watch the show again and then there will be a fall where it's like Alex left the show so they like wrote him off with a weird montage of his like ghost kids with Izzy or something it's like highs and lows is what you get with Grey's Anatomy and We were in a high not too many seasons ago. It was a shocking sort of like fifth wind for Grey's Anatomy at that point. Like the 
the the 13th and 14th seasons were really good. And then this last season, uh, Justin Chambers left, like I said, things dipped again. Shonda Rhimes like stopped being really directly involved with the writing. And now we are just in another low. Meredith has COVID, which, okay, sure. Like just ignoring the fact that, I don't know, like the way they try to pull it off is like, okay, sure. She just collapses in a parking lot. She has COVID. Okay she probably would have been getting tested and all this stuff and would have noticed symptoms, but sure, whatever. She just has it. And it's really just a ploy for her to have ghost meetings with like past Grey's Anatomy characters because they know the only way to get people to watch about the show is stunt casting. Uh, So it's just a, just a hugely manipulative thing because they really want to dig into this COVID storyline and show the reality of it. But they also aren't really willing to risk the lives of any actual like, main cast members on the show and that's what makes gray's grace is like you show up because you want to know what doctors are going to die what interns are getting slaughtered that's why i'm watching it's like we know every year there's going to be a new group of interns that come in and it's like one of them's going to get electrocuted who's getting shot in the face that's what i want you know it's sex and it's dangerous stakes for doctors but like a few seasons ago, the show realized we got to stop doing that we got to like save the cast we just can't keep killing people off And now they're like afraid, but this seems like the one instance where it would be like, hey, yeah, doctors would die. If you're going to take it there, take it there. And instead, they're just bringing in characters who who have never been on the show before, but also deserve more background. So they bring in Bailey's mom. They do this last minute thing where it's like, oh, Bailey's parents we've never really heard about before decide to move to Seattle and they end up in a nursing home with a COVID outbreak. And it's just like, okay, you're just like bringing in these like black parent characters to slaughter them. And because you're afraid to kill off your your interns now, I don't know. But I'm sad because Grey's Anatomy is bad again. But I'll still be watching because it is apparent to me. Moving on. I started the Great Pottery Throwdown. It is amazing. I people know my thing with reality shows is that I like trash. I like human garbage reality shows. I like reality shows like Hoarders. I'm not a big fan of like the Real Housewives, like glitzy people fighting or whatever. That never like did it for me. I've never watched The Bachelor, never watched like Paradise Lost or any of that stuff. Never did Love Island. Love is Blind. I kind of got I liked, but really when it comes to reality tv for me it is either complete trash i want to see someone who is like i haven't left my house in 10 years and i live under a pile of mice or i just want something pleasant and british like the great pottery throwdown or the great british bake-off or the garden one that happened a while ago i love those things that's the stuff where i'm like okay, my brain can just turn off. This is so pleasant. I love the little tiny bits of shade they throw when they're like, I hope you fucking crack your vase, bitch. I mean, they say it way nicer. They're like, oh, cheerio. It seems as though your vase, it seems to be having a pish push of a problem. Oh, what a pissa. That makes me laugh for days. So super amazing. I'm sure I think everybody's already watching those shows, but I'm late to it because I truly just turn to them when I have so many deadlines and so much stuff to do that I am overwhelmed and need the calming sensation of polite British people. So yeah, I did the Great Pottery Throwdown and the Great British Bake Off, the holiday episodes. Would recommend as you spend this these next two weeks, hopefully having some sort of holiday vacation. Next up on the list is Baby God, 
which came out this month. It came out December 2nd on HBO Max. It's amazing. It's the documentary of this doctor who was a fertility specialist and he used his own sperm to impregnate so many women just for decades, just like like they show his like last kid was born in like the 80s his first kid like the 50s like this dude was just like yeah i can get people pregnant i can get people pregnant and you might remember they they tried they made a show in on the bbc about this they tried to make a, an american reboot that was actually pretty good almost family but it, it didn't last very long it got canceled but they made tv shows about this that are kind of like charming and very funny and i didn't really know much about the reality of the story behind it so this documentary blew my mind because this guy was a horrible pedophile crazy person who got his own like adopted stepdaughter pregnant pretended to do an exam on her and then just like put his semen in her without like sleeping with her but was also like molesting her and it's just like it's crazy the deaths that people went to to protect this man and his reputation because he never lost his license he never gets in trouble and so the documentary and he died not even that long ago in his 90s and the documentary really focuses on the victims and the people who are left including his adopted daughters who like still defend him so it's just really crazy to watch these people talk about this man who clearly violated them and it's heartbreaking because there's one girl, the the woman who's sort of the center of it, she was a detective. She fought for children's rights and she's disgusted to find out that her actual father is this this pedophile. And she like is so clearly just looking for answers to explain her existence. And she tells her mom what happened. And she just like straight up asked her mom, like, if he had said to you, we can get you a sperm donor, like your father's sperm isn't going to work. Would you use a sperm donor? She's, you know, basically just like, tell me you would have been okay with that. So I know that like you, you're happy with my existence. And her mom just straight up goes, no, we wouldn't have done that. We would not have used a donor. No. Which is just like, she doesn't even discover any of this. Like her and her parents find out that she's not actually their daughter. And she's like in her thirties when she did an ancestry.com test. So it's just shocking to see how this just rattles people's lives. And then some people try to defend this man. So Baby God on HBO Max, I 100% recommend it. Not really sure why people aren't talking about it, but very good. I'm still watching Love After Lockup, which I just mentioned because like I said, I love trash. They are still just this episode. I feel like it covered whatever argument happened in the previous episode. There was no new material in there. So great. Moving on, I tried to start I Love a Mama's Boy on TLC. You know I love a TLC reality show. They get it so nice and trashy for me. I Love a Mama's Boy, though. And I like the other one, actually, about sister moms or whatever, like moms who are obsessed with their daughters. I actually do enjoy that show, even though it gets like kind of disgusting sometimes, like when the moms and daughters are like getting Brazilians together and stuff. That gets a little weird. But I love a mama's boy. It's just too staged. Like you can tell these men are clearly just trying to play a trope for the cameras. And you can tell the women are also just kind of like laughing a bit. Like you can tell as soon as the cameras go off, they're just kind of like, this isn't really what it's like. So and then they just try to like make these moms look crazy, which I guess they do. But it's not that engaging because I don't know, there's no real stakes for any of these relationships. So I love a mama's boy. I don't know if you like creepy gross like parent relationships i guess check it out workaholics 
not a new show, but on the watch list because I've been rewatching it. I have this thing where ever since college, when I procrastinate, I binge on episodes of Workaholics. I don't know why it makes me feel better about procrastinating, I guess. But like if you even if I hear the Workaholics theme song, it's like a, a trigger in my brain where I'm just like put a bowl in my hand and hand me a donut because I need to stop working on whatever I'm doing and just turn my brain off. So <laughs> been doing a lot of procrastinating. If you are any of my editors out there listening, ignore that. But I don't know, I've been revisiting the show. And I'm always just surprised by how sharply written it is. I think a lot of times people write it off as just kind of gross white male Comedy Central humor, which it is. But it's so sharply written in those early seasons. And I think I want to just give it give it a moment and respect it for its place in creating modern television comedy. So yeah, moving on on the the watch list. And we're like halfway through, guys. Don't worry. We're going to get to Brandy Evans, I promise. But next up on the watch list is Shameless. Shameless came back uh, since I last talked to you. The last season of Shameless, Fiona, the only reason to me to watch Shameless, she left after the previous season. So this is the second season without Fiona. Last season without her was awful. Probably the worst season the show has ever done. It's trying to dig into side characters to kind of uplift things without Fiona. And it wasn't really a tactic that worked last season. It's still using that tactic in this final season. And honestly, it's kind of working better. But I think it's just because I know this is the end. But again, they did this thing where every character is just like a completely new person. Like all of a sudden Mickey like doesn't want to work and like him and Ian fight about things they've never fought about before and things they've already figured out. And V and her husband are like in this new plot of things where it's like, what are you saying that V doesn't like understand weed? Like she what she was friends with Fiona. She's done things like this before. So if you just kind of appreciate it as a goodbye to the show, I think it works. But if you were expecting early season shameless with the emotional pull of like Fiona letting down her family that left shameless a long time ago. You got to stop hoping for that. Like I think probably four seasons ago, you should have realized this is just an episodic comedy that sometimes likes to talk about serious things, but most of the time it's just absolutely silly. Also lip still hot. So gosh, he is a attractive man. Okay. Moving on. I watched saved by the bell. The reboot, or I guess the the revival, it's not a reboot. It's a revival. It's an entirely different cast. Some people come back, or I, I don't really care if it's a reboot or a revival. I don't, whatever. But I watched the pilot. Very funny. I liked it a lot. I probably would have watched all of it just because I love high school comedies like that. But Peacock makes you pay to watch the rest of the season. And I refuse to pay for Peacock. So I've, I've written about this in my newsletter it's the reason why I haven't finished AP Bio, the latest season, even though I love AP Bio. It's truly just because I refuse to pay for Peacock. It's a silly, I don't know, you want me to pay for two shows and then a bunch of like 30 Rock reruns? And now they're taking The Office off of Netflix and they're going to put it on Peacock. You can only watch the first two seasons for free. And then every season after that, you got to pay their $4.99 monthly fee. Netflix is raising their prices and Peacock wants me to pay $4.99 to watch The Office? No. No. If anyone from Peacock is out there listening, send me screeners. I'll talk about your shows all day long. Get some actual promo since y'all don't promote your shows. So all of that to say, Saved by the Bell, very good. I would love to watch the rest of it and 
to continue to tell people to watch it because I have a feeling it just gets better. But maybe someday I will find out. But I refuse to pay for another streaming service. Not when I'm already paying Hulu, HBO Max, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, all of these people so much money. It's a scam. Moving on. I watched The Animaniacs. It was my birthday uh, a few weeks ago. I might have talked about this one, but I know I wrote about it in my newsletter for my birthday. I just did a ton of acid, watched The Animaniacs, uh, revival, reboot, whatever. Uh, That's one way to turn 30, I got to tell you. Just do acid and watch your favorite show from childhood and see if you can get through it without getting triggered. That's how you know the therapy's working. And it is. It was a lot of fun. I think the reboot is so funny. Very well done. Amazed at how relevant it stayed. Absolutely great. It's on Hulu. If you liked Animaniacs, and I was obsessed with it as a kid. Like I have two nephews who are actually my age. One of them's older than me and one is like six months younger than me. And we used to just run around pretending we were the Animaniacs. So personally, thought it was great. Next up on the list is Giving Voice. This is a new documentary on Netflix that just came out. It is about the August Wilson monologue competition in New York. If you plan on watching Ma Rainey, which is out today on Netflix, which you absolutely should, you should watch that. Uh, Chadwick Boseman's last film starring Viola Davis. It is so good. And i should have a piece up on Slate today, too, about it. Uh, I got the chance to interview Branford Marsalis and just some amazing, the director, George C. Wolf. I got to talk to some amazing people who worked on Ma Rainey. But as part of that research, I watched Giving Voice. So I actually watched this one about a little bit ago, but it's now on Netflix and it gives amazing context to Ma Rainey. It really digs into who August Wilson was, what work matters to him, why the things that he worked on and wrote are still so relevant. So, hey, I say make a weekend of it. Watch Giving Voice, watch Ma Rainey. They're so good out on Netflix. Just, God, the Oscar is going to go all the Oscars to Ma Rainey. I truly, truly enjoyed it. Love Ma Rainey as a figure, which you should be able to read about in my slate piece if that is out today as it should be. Uh, (laughs) I record these in advance, so I truly have no idea when my content is out into the world. But... Yeah, love, love, loved that movie. And please watch Giving Voice. I sobbed, I cried. And then when I watched Ma Rainey after, I sobbed even more. So yeah, that's my Christmas cry. And then after that, I probably already, I wrote about it. I've probably talked about it. I tweeted about it. Big Mouth. I think I've said I'm not a huge fan of like gross out humor, which is why I've struggled with Big Mouth in the past. I love the show. I love it. I think it's so funny. It perfectly is me at that age. I relate. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, you got it. Uh, At the same time, I am absolutely disgusted like 5% of the time and have to keep my eyes closed like anytime Jay is on screen because I can't watch him fuck those pillows. I don't know why. It just makes me want to throw up. It's like a visceral reaction. But (laughs) I felt like this latest season just was the most excellent balance of gross-out humor and the heart the show has. It just captured it perfectly. Uh, the moments I had to look away, oh, the moments I had to look away, I'm sure we all remember the forest poop scene. That was one I couldn't get through. I had to pause. But then there, you know, there's the truly beautiful moments of Jess overcoming her anxiety and depression. Obviously, Missy has a huge transformation this season with Io taking over that character. So yeah, I just I loved Big Mouth this season. Another great one. Can't wait to see what they do next. And then finally, The Flight Attendant, which I 
think I also talked about on the last episode, but I was kind of harsh. I said it wasn't for me. I get very annoyed watching this white woman like run around white womaning. Like she just makes all the worst mistakes and choices. And then everyone around her is just like, ah, she's so funny. And just like, that's her. She's so wild. And I'm just like, no, like she need like either just like send her to a therapist or an intensive outpatient thing or just give her to the police because yeah, she doesn't seem great. But I've kept watching and I've realized it is enjoyable if I like turn my brain half off. Like if I am distracting myself while I'm watching it, I'm just kind of like, oh, this is engaging, like whatever's happening. But if the second I pay attention, it all falls apart because I'm just like, what is this plot device where she can talk to a ghost who somehow has answers to a crime, but he only exists in her head. So technically he should only be able to know what she knows. Yeah. So as long as you don't think about it, actually, it's it's a fun show. I don't know. I think they could have gotten someone more charming in that lead role and it would have been less grating to watch if it was someone that you were really like, oh, I want to see this person like fly around the world and have sexy times. So yeah. Whew, you guys, that's the watch list. We got through it. That's most of the TV I watched. I mean, not including some like, I don't know, I, I watched some more embarrassing documentaries I won't mention and some reruns of old things that you guys don't need to hear about. But those are the things that mattered in the watch list. Coming up next is our clip of the week. The clip of the week, my favorite moment in television from all the shows I watched. Obviously, I watch 90 Day Fiance. Uh, I'm covering the eighth season for Vulture, so you, you can catch my reviews there. And my clip of the week is from 90 Day this week because there is this is my favorite thing in all reality TV. It's something that 90 Day does so good. And it is when these reality show people somehow pull in just everyday normal civilians into the swirl and tornado of their reality drama. And these people are just like trying their best to be polite, but you can tell they just want to scream. <laughs> and it usually happens when like one of them will be like, oh, I'm going to go shopping to get clothes for my sugar baby before she gets to America. And the like, clerk at the store is just like, oh, so you've never met this woman and you've sent her like $50,000 and now you want to buy her clothes? Okay, yeah, sure. This totally seems normal. <laughs> and in this last episode, Shame on You, that's the name of the episode, the ep second episode of the season, we got, oh, a Hall of Fame interaction like this with Rebecca. Rebecca on the show is an older woman who is marrying Zied. Uh, Zied is from Tunisia. He's finally gotten his visas coming to America. And Rebecca is like, Zied is the is a little older than Rebecca's son. Like Rebecca, I think is like twice his age or whatever, but it's like, okay, girl, get it, get it. But she's like going to buy him a PlayStation or whatever, because he can't work when he gets here, has nothing to do. And he, I guess, like kind of demanded that he give her PlayStations. And she basically thinks that Zied is her only chance in life. Like the, she has said multiple times, like if it doesn't work with Zied, I will just never fall in love again. So she's like, I will do whatever he wants. So she goes to this GameStop where she encounters the most sweet, just like Gen Z video game clerk who is doing her best to be polite, but who is also clearly like, I don't know, Tumblr told me this age difference is problematic. <laughs> And it is the best interaction. So that's our clip of the week. Let me just let me just play it for you guys. You'll have to help me. I have literally no idea what I'm looking for. I'm thinking that I'll get maybe a soccer game or something, but I'm hoping that the staff can kind of help me and um, tell me what somebody his age might want to do. 
but what they want to play. You said you don't really know what you're looking for. No, I have no idea, really. My son is 25. I think the last time I bought one, he was 17, 18 years old, something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you remember what your son likes to play? Well, I mean, it's it's not for my son. No? Buying it for my fiancé. It's, it's just they're close to the same age. Yeah. Might be a rude question, but how old is your fiancé? He'll be 28. My son is 25. Oh, wow. Anyway. All right, well, I can help you for sure. That's, like, charming, you know, that she's trying to buy, like, this thing that she thinks her fiancé would enjoy. So I think this would be good. Can he hook up, like, a debit card to it and Mm -hmm. buy games and stuff? Yeah. Awesome. But her fiancé is around the same age as her son and it kind of makes me wonder like is her son comfortable with the relationship uh yeah so it's gonna be two fifteen fifteen. very cool oh who's this on the card uh that would be my fiance oh yeah I see. he's cute right yeah yeah I get razzed a little bit by my kids because I have pictures of him everywhere. Zied and I... Oh, I love that. I love the second store clerk who's just like, awesome. After just like seeing this very horrible photo of Zied on Rebecca's credit card, if you watch the episode, please just pause on that screen, that moment of Zied's face on that credit card. And then I just love when she's like, he's cute, right? And then this girl is just like, yeah, just the longest pause. Like, oh my, it's, it's everything. It's my everything. That's, that's my joy for reality TV. Ah, That's been our intro, guys. That's the watch list. That's the clip of the week. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for Mercedes? I'm bringing her to the stage. I'm bringing Mercedes to the stage. It's time for Brandy Evans. Sit in for our interview. Picture this. It's Saturday morning and you're on your John Deere compact tractor. You're effortlessly breaking ground on your new landscaping project. Next, you're moving piles of rocks just by moving a lever. And now you're enjoying the warmth of the sun as you clear brush across your pasture. We could keep trying to put you in the moment, but to really understand everything you can do with a John Deere compact tractor, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night, no matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale 
even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Just welcome to the podcast, TV I Say. It seems like right now at this point in quarantine, we have the Soul Train Awards and stuff, but it seems like there's this second sort of wave of people getting into P-Valley who are finding it for the first time and binging it. I was one of the OGs. I was the second first episode I was out. I was like, I'm watching this dedicated. I love it. Yeah. Like, why do you think that is? What do you think it is about right now that kind of has people finding the show again? You know what? I think that some people were skeptical. At first, I took, honestly, the press, thank you, God, for the press and our fans, of course, really talking about it. And I think for people realizing, wait, it's not just about strippers, because I think that that's the stigma we had before you really tune into the to the show. And which is understandable, because I don't want to watch just a show about strippers on the pole all day, every day either. Like I need more than that. So this show gets deeper than that. And I think that once people realize that they were tuned in. Yeah, absolutely. And for you, you have a shared background with Mercedes. I know that there was a lot of difficulty in getting that role. Can you tell me a little about that? Oh, child, all my life I had to fight. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my producer, Patrick Ian Pope, sent me a text on Valentine's 2018 telling me about the role. And so I tried to send him my friend. I was like, oh, yeah, I know a black girl that can do pole and act. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm in acting classes with Tasha Smith, who happens to be our episode six director now. I mean, I, I think I could do it. And I was like, well, you know, I'm a dancer. I can learn anything. Just let me know. And he was like, well, why don't you give your agent a call, see if they can get you in. And I tried and tried and my agent tried and tried and we couldn't get in. And so almost six months later, I ended up getting a manager at that time. And I was like, well, let me just ask her about it. And she was able to go through and try it again. And I don't know if they forgot I'm the same one they said no to twice or what. But God definitely said yes that day. And I finally got in the room. I just can't imagine anyone else playing Mercedes. You, thank you. you, The energy you bring to that role, the joy you bring to it. Also, she's my favorite. Like just the way she, like a light skin girl. I love it. Like there's so much love and compassion. What does it mean to you to portray her? Oh, it means everything. I'm learning more and more every day how Mercedes is so many women and even men that I've met. That grind, that hustle, that strength. And that fight that Mercedes has, so many people can relate to that. And I'm learning more so after the show has aired how important she is to so many people. It's been overwhelming, but such a blessing. Like I literally just came from getting takeout and I was like hiding and somebody was like, Mercedes! I was like, oh my gosh. I had no idea how big of an impact she would have on people. So honestly, Mercedes was growing on me as I was growing with the character I did my research as best I could, but until I jumped into her body and just really took on everything from 
the dialogue, the way people look at you, how Katori has written her with so many layers. And then I did find those similarities, which were amazing with the father who is, I'm a PK. And of course, daddy didn't do to me anything like Patrice did (laughs) for Mercedes. But just, I do understand that judgment that can come from the church side because I had it even when this role came out from some church members. So I know that feeling, the dance team world, I've coached dance teams my whole life. So I know that feeling I'm crazier than Mercedes. Let me just tell you. I actually just put a post like a little boot camp, like you're like running. Oh, (laughs) Oh, I play no games. Like if I hear that you're with a boy, I'm definitely that coach that crashes the party. I know who your boyfriends are. I got to know it all because they're my daughters when it comes to my team. Yeah. And that's what it feels like, especially you mentioned the religious aspects of it. And I Mm -hmm. love that about the show, that prison scene with Harriet, that, that whole relationship between you two, what was it like to work with her? Oh, Harriet is amazing. Oh my gosh. She's so well-trained. She's a theater, theater person and I'm not. So I was learning so much and I love that because she was bringing so much to the table that, that I didn't know that I was learning from her along the way. And it just was a great relationship. And she's so not like Patrice, like at all. She's so sweet and giving. Oh my gosh. So just to watch her jump into this character and become a chameleon. It, it was crazy, almost like, that is yeah. how are She's you know terrifying. how to do it? So She's so scared. Yes. She's great. That speaks volumes to her, to her studying, to how amazing she is as an artist. Yeah. And I've just never seen a show capture that reality of sort of like yeah. Black Southern religion, the yeah. beauty of it and the scariness and the hypocrisy, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that it really is for so many of these people, a saving grace. And yeah. I love that about the show. You mentioned your church. How did it feel to kind of bring that representation to life? But then also knowing like, we're going to get into the harsh realities. And I know you used to model for like church. Oh my God. And- <laughs> I did one job and the internet found me, child. I did they found, I did you. One they found you on all the boxes, like everything. I did. I can't even remember. It was it was like a modeling gig. And I remember the suits being too big. I was like, no one's ever going to see this. And I remember hiding it with my friend Latrice. And now she has made a shirt out of it. And it says supporting friends since day one. I was like, listen, if I got the post for these church suits to make $64 for eight hours, I'm going to do it. Yes. <laughs> I need to pay the bills. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I was a church secretary growing up and I used to always have to like go through those and like find stuff to order. And so that just to me was like, that's a real church girl. Like I know. Yes. Oh my gosh. I was like, these are like the boxes that grandmama used to buy and she would sew the suits and stuff (laughs) and that little pattern on the outside. Oh my gosh. But my church actually has been very supportive. It was my back home church that I grew up in. But the church I attend now in California, they're so supportive. My preacher's yeah. wife is like, girl, I saw Pea Valley last night. It was great. You know, <laughs> so everybody's so supportive. And I'm an actress. So I have to tell these stories and they they have to be told. So they understand. And my dad absolutely is so supportive. He's my biggest cheerleader. Yeah. So. And if my daddy is okay with it, honestly, I don't care who isn't. Exactly. Who else can judge? If your parents are okay, like, yeah. yeah. I feel like P-Valley is covering stories that need to be told, that aren't being told. And so I'm curious. I feel like it's a show that gained an immediate place in sort of the history of like Black television and great Black TV. It's, you got Loretta Devine, you have all Mm -hmm. these beautiful moments and it is such 
a oh. way for queer people and women to have a space in great black TV. So often great black TV isn't here for women who are sexually free or queer characters. And finally, we have that. So I'm really curious just for you, what TV did you grow up on? Ooh, now, you know, I grew up on a different world. First of all, I have every single episode on VHS. Okay, let's start there. Okay, a different world, a different Cosby world. Show, Cosby Show, Fresh Prince. It's a good Family Matters. Yeah, Family Matters. <laughs> I was loving all the black shows growing up. Yeah, if it was black, I'm sure I watched it. Good Times. Who didn't oh, watch Good Times? Loved Good Times. Um, who didn't watch? I mean, you name it. Sanford and Son. All of them. All of them. Yeah. I just feel like it's so cool now to have a show that like my mom watched all those shows. I watched all those shows. I watched P Valley with my mom, which some people are like, that's shocking. How did you? How did she feel about it? <laughs> she, she loved just, it. Actually, yes. she, was curious. she was cheering you all. You're her favorite. She said, to say uh, hi. <laughs> like you and Uncle Clifford, I thought she was going to be shocked. And I was like, oh, my mom, you know, she's very like Cosby show. She loves uh -huh. stuff like that. And she watched it and was just like, oh, I love this. I love this it. This is Southern. This is like what I know. This is what exactly. I like. And I think that's what kind of gets past all of the salaciousness and people being mm -hmm. like, oh, I thought it was just about strippers when they finally do watch it. And they realize, exactly. no, this is about so much more. Mm -hmm. It's life, period. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know how... Is it for you when that initial kind of wave of people getting into the show? Because I feel like by now, I would feel like if I were you, y'all are just watching this? Like, come on. No, you know, somebody just said that. And in the store, I just picked up some food and the girls that were like going crazy. And she's like, I need to watch it. She's like, I've heard about it. And I was like, yeah, you need to watch it. Some people still have not watched it. I think some people are like, ah. Uh, it's overrated. I'm not going to watch it because everybody's saying it's good. But then they secretly end up watching it and fall in love because yeah. I've run into the people that are just like, I've just benched. And I was like, what do you mean? Just again? They're like, no, for the first time. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Some people are just now catching on. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know what it is that black TV shows always kind of need more time to get their flowers yeah. for people to pay attention. Mm -hmm. And now finally people are. And it seems like everyone loves it. I hear one of the criticisms I hear from people is that they have a hard time understanding what people are saying on the show, that they have to watch with subtitles. Because and, and, of the you know, and for me, I'm like, I'm at home. So I'm like, this is talking like Memphis to me. I'm like, good, I turn them off. But I get it. I get it. And this is good, though, because it's allowing people to learn different ways of talking. Now, we have no problem figuring out what they're saying on Game of Thrones now, do we? Exactly. We figure it out. We turn them on and we figure it out. And everybody understood by the end of the season what people were saying. I think that's what happens with P-Valley too. Yeah. And I got to talk to Katori at the, we did a, a panel with the writer's room and she mentioned she doesn't care if people don't understand. She wants to write in the real original dialogue and the exactly. dialect. And I think that is the, the genuineness of P-Valley exactly. that that makes it so excellent. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious about your kind of research in stepping into this role as a stripper and how you educated yourself on that sort of environment. Do you have friends that have worked as strippers? Mm -hmm. What was that research process like? Well, I had an amazing teacher. Her name is So Spider. And so she came in and did a 10-day boot camp with me, not only with dance, but she took me to the clubs. During our rehearsal, she would talk to me about different things that I had questions in a scene, I would actually just ask her, like, what would this girl do? How would Mercedes do this? And then she was explaining to me and she walked me around that club 
like Autumn and Mercedes. And I was the Autumn Knight and she was the Mercedes. And I'm watching people fawn all over her when we go into the club. And I'm just like, wow, she's showing me. She's like, look at her. She's being lazy. Look at her. She's going to get the money. She's going to the wrong man. Oh, she's got it right. You know, like really teaching me all of that. So I definitely did my research. I went to clubs in Atlanta, Memphis, L.A., everyone in L.A., everyone in Memphis and everyone in Atlanta just to really get in there. They're all different, but they still had the same heart behind it all. Like those women are in there. It's a job. They're actors. You know what I'm learning? I'm like, they are full out actresses. And before I didn't even know, I was like, oh, what is she doing in the back? Girl, please. She is back there acting for this man to get this money to go home to either her kids or go to school in the morning. Like, it's not what yeah, you think. Exactly. So, and that was I, really good. One of, yeah. One of the scenes for me that I thought just beautifully showed that. And I'm sorry, because it was Mississippi scene when Mercedes gets in yep. prison and Mississippi has to step up and you see yep. the, the camera lights are like stars, they're sparkling and you see what this moment means to her and how mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, it helps her self-worth and all, after all the yes. she's been through. And that is what I thought was so special that they show how empowering this is for these exactly. women. And then obviously Mercedes is just the big boss of all of it. Yeah. Uh, and so I love that the character really takes on, I think, some of the heavier topics of the show when it comes to colorism, when it comes to religion. Mm-hmm. How does it feel? I don't know. I feel like in this day and age, those are always kind of like Black Twitter conversations or arguments that are popping up all the time. And you have mm-hmm. people fighting over, oh, did this show do it right? Did this show do it wrong? And P-Valley is one of the shows, I think, where universally people are saying, this show handled colorism so well. It did it so realistically. Right. How did that feel for you? Good, finally, because people were talking about it. And I know there were a few people that were just like, why do they have to do the light skin, dark skin thing? And I'm like, because it's real and it's what happens. And even though I'm considered, I guess, in the middle, I've been to jobs where I've been too dark or I've been to jobs where it's just like, ah, if you could be a little darker, you know? So it's like, it still happens, you know? And I've seen it. My best friend is lighter skin. And we went to a casting and she'll never, I'll never forget this. I remember before I went in, I was like trying to do my makeup and she's like, you look beautiful. You're supposed to be natural. I was like, no, you can be natural. I can't. And then we went in there and they were like, oh, we just love you. And they were talking to her. And then they looked at me and they were like, "Mm, I don't know if we like you with the braids and this and that. And I was like, she didn't even comb her hair this morning. She was just like, I'm like, wow. I just sat in the car and tried to pull myself together. And they couldn't get past the colorism, even for that. Yeah. So it is a real thing. It really does happen. Yeah, my, my friends used to tell me light skin privilege is that I don't have to take care of my hair, which as you can see right now, is true. Listeners, you can't okay. see my <laughs> I just took my, my braids out. My hair's a mess right now. Like, people are like, oh, it's just so pretty. It's just so wild and free. And then I look yeah. like pained. I'm like, oh, okay. I, I can't like, this is, Yeah, this is a mess. <laughs> but it's just, the show did such a good job of balancing it and talking about it in a real way, but also mm-hmm. joking about it. And I just thought it was so good, so realistic, and just yeah. an amazing example of how out of these shows these days, especially I think on stars, people think that's just, you know, funny, it's just drama, it's not about right. any real topics or real issues, but y'all aren't afraid to, to talk about the real issues. At all, at all, and it is really real. And it, some of it's hard to hear because it's the truth. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. obviously makes me want to ask. Is there anything you can tell us about season two? Any themes you want to dig in? What's That's what everybody wants to know. What is going to happen in the pink Listen, next season? Ashley, I wish I could tell you what's going to happen. Katori does not even tell us. We have no idea. I don't even know who shot Montavious. I have no idea. 
So, and even with Nico having played Uncle Clifford's role, he doesn't tell us and we don't ask either. So some of the things have changed, but it's just, it's so beautiful to know as we're going along. I didn't know I had a daughter when I auditioned. So I found out right before we were about to start shooting and I get my script and I called Nico crying. I was like, oh, baby. Oh, my God. Like, we really have no idea. So all I know is what the story has shared recently. And I know that we're going to address the current pandemic and social unjust and unrest. And that's all I know. And so Lauren Katori, you know, she keeps it real. So it's going to be hard to watch for some people, I'm sure. But I can't wait to dig into it. I can't wait for P-Valley to take on the quarantine, to take on... Yes, yeah, she's getting all that I hear. Yeah, this emotional impact that, of something that yeah. is impacting Black communities. And exactly. I know the writer's room is not going to avoid those issues. At all. Because the strip clubs are still open. So yeah. at this point, <laughs> I feel like in my Mercedes mind, that's the therapy of it all. Going to that club and feeling some sort of normalcy. If that was my profession... And I was truly Mercedes. I feel like I couldn't wait to get to the club because that's the only sense of normalcy. Yeah. You are obviously a crazy busy person. You were filming something today. What are you working on right now? What do you have coming up that you're excited about? I've got a movie coming out called B-Boy Blues. I'm very excited about that. I'm playing a character named Michi. So I'm really excited about that. And one of my good friends, Justice Smollett, He's actually the director. I just cannot wait. So that comes out this summer. So. Oh, wow. Cool. And will that just, do you even know if it'll be streaming or in theaters yet? I feel like- Waiting to hear. So yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I know it's been getting a lot of good buzz. So we're really excited about Yeah. That. I have heard that Jesse was working on a project. I'm really yeah. excited for that. I had no oh, idea you were amazing. in it. Now I'm even more excited. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, so good. Yeah, it's going to be great. But he's an amazing director as well. Ah, oh, that, like I said, so excited for everything you do, all of the Thank work you, you. do. I just feel is just kind of creating this new vanguard of beautiful black centered television and art that is positive, that is realistic, that isn't, you know, as much as I love the Cosby show, it was so much respectability politics and trying to tell us what was what and Mm -hmm. the roles I see you taking on, that's not it. We're breaking that mold down. And so thank you. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you and the the whole team at P Valley. Like, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) You're creating the TV. Yes. So I'm actually in D.C. right now filming a movie called Rich Christmas with Bill Bellamy and Vanessa Williams, some other amazing actors and actresses. And I'm going to be going back to L.A. to start in season three with the family business playing an assassin, Sage. Ooh, that sounds exciting. I I love the projects that you do outside of P-Valley. I just want to say it always just seems like you're working on just things that I think are so uplifting in terms of Black art and Black community. And like my mom, when she saw you pop up on P-Valley, she just immediately started going, that's Bobby's sister. Bobby's sister. <laughs> wow. Mama really been watching. Oh, she watches like every single like BET movie. That is her. I love it. Yep. Bobby's sister. <laughs> and I think that's kind of what sort of, I think, had gave P-Valley like an immediate tie to Black audiences was that so many people in the cast were like, oh, Oh, I've seen this person in this. I've seen this person uh-huh. in this. So mm-hmm. I'm so excited for every project Thank that you're working you. on and for the stuff you have coming up. I guess I, if there's anything you can tell us a little bit more about the movie. I don't know if I can tell too much because it doesn't <laughs> come out to 2021. Oh, so, that makes sense. You said, but, but, yeah, you, named, you named some names. I was like, I am so excited to see this already. Yeah, it's going to be good. I know it just hit IMDb, so I don't know how much they put up there. So I'm like, Ugh. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna be, I'm 2021. That's going to be my favorite Christmas movie I already know. Yes, thank you. It's going to be a fun one. It's cute. 
Yeah. So I guess this is our holiday episode. This is going to be it. You're you're my Christmas treat for the fans. Uh, I'm just kind of curious to know with everything going on, how are you doing with the holidays, with COVID, traveling, being away from your family? What's Uh, it been like? You know what? I had a couple of meltdowns. I'm not going to lie. I really miss my family. Um, And it's like, I really, really miss them. And I'm sure we've all been working before on a holiday, but this time it seems so different because it's like you're not supposed to go anywhere. You know what I mean? So I've missed some birthday parties that have definitely melted me down and broke my heart because I'm a big family person. I found myself crying in the hotel room because I miss my mom. But I'm just like, it's a good pause in a sense. Like I've never done family Zooms like I have before or, you know, everyone on FaceTime talking like we do now. I feel like we're closer as a family. So that's beautiful. I just can't wait to wrap this movie so I can just go sit up and watch Christmas movies with my mom because I know we're about to go back to people soon and then I'll be gone again. So, right. What are some of your favorite Christmas really enjoying. Oh, so many. First of all, we have to watch The Best Man Christmas. That's a good one. Honestly, I'm so down for all of my love home alone. I'm Netflix top Christmas list with my mom and we're going to hit them all up. And then there's some new ones and some black ones. I love my black Christmas movies. So there's some things that have come out, but I've been holding off on watching them until I get back to my mom. Yeah, me too. I guess this year we're doing it like over Zoom or something. We're all going to like watch, try to uh-huh. start the TV at the same time. Oh, <laughs> I love our, it. Our thing so we can talk about all the like me and my family, we do all the Hallmark movies. We just love to make fun of them. Oh, I love the Hallmark movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always just love making fun. Like, oh, that's the same girl who's about to have her whole life change because some guy <laughs> makes her Christmas and I'm just, I'm there for it every step of the way. Yes, yes my friend's little girl is one that Dolly Parton just did, but I'm, I promised him I'd watch it with my mom. So I'm holding on to that one until I get back so I can yes, watch it with her as well. I have heard really good things. I love Dolly, so I'm very excited yes. for that. Well, and I, of course, Jingle Jingle was everything and I'm gonna have to watch it again. Jingle yes. Jingle's gonna be before the centuries like, yes. to come. So good. Yeah. I needed to get more attention. I feel like Netflix, like I feel like people are giving it the attention that it deserves. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. I, my so nieces good. and nephews already I, like they want T-shirts and merch and everything. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't even know if they make okay. anything, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Felicia Rashad just did an audiobook, so they would probably love that. Oh my gosh! And yes, you know her voice no is so soothing. Uh huh. So soothing. She's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a perfect holiday treat. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for coming to the podcast. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you for having me. What a delightful person. That was, that was so joyful. That was, wow. Merry Christmas, everybody. Oof. Love the holidays. Uh, Yeah, I'm a real holiday slut. Y'all know that. I just get the warm and fuzzies. I wish I, I had some hot cocoa. If you enjoyed that, if you're a new listener, if you just started listening to the podcast with my amazing Seth Rogen, Roxanne Gay interview, we do have a Patreon that you can donate to to support the podcast. This is an independent operation. I do this myself. So your money goes directly towards funding this, paying for editors and all that stuff that I have to do to make this such a wonderful podcast for you and my TV addiction. So if you want to support the podcast, please go to patreon.com slash tvisaypod. That's patreon.com slash tvisaypod. You get some amazing perks too. You get transcripts of all these episodes. So if you hate my voice, but you love my writing, you can just read it, right? It's fine. It's fine if you hate my voice. It's okay. 
but you know, you can read it then. Also, you get access to the premium version of my newsletter, which I just launched. This is just a newsletter counterpart to this podcast. If you already were subscribed to my newsletter, I still will be doing the free version. So that's don't worry, you'll still get access to a free version every Friday. But now I'm going to be offering an additional free Tuesday version that's just going to have some more of my favorite TV opinions, things that I don't have time to talk about on here because I'd rather you listen to an amazing interview with a brilliant person. So if you want more of my dumb TV opinions, I don't know, things like why Shameless irritates me with its portrayal of drugs and weed, because that's just not how you make edibles. And where I just yell about things like that and more about how Grey's Anatomy is making me mad, you can subscribe. I like to describe it as being something like a video gum. Video gum was like the best thing that ever existed to me personally. It was like my safe haven on the internet. And now I just want to make a modern black, black video gum, like because I'm black. So that's my goal is to have that. And then you can listen to this too. Shout out to the, the old team at Video Gum, Gabe DeLahey, RIP to Video Gum. Most of you probably don't know what I'm talking about. But support support the podcast, support the newsletter through Patreon, or you can go to Substack, ashleyray.substack.com. Subscribe for all the TV updates. Again, you get some fun behind the scenes stuff. I'll have some cool content uploaded there soon. Behind the scenes interview things, some cool stuff that goes with articles I have coming out. You're not going to want to miss it. So subscribe. Otherwise, if you don't want to do any of that, just please rate and review five stars or whatever your app allows you to give. And like us on social media at TVISAPod on Instagram and Twitter. I'm still not really on Twitter. Kind of am. I don't know. I have to promote this podcast. So I'm like on there. But God, I have so much work to do. I'll be off of there again soon or at least locked down. So I don't know. I'm so it's such a distraction. But hey, follow the podcast at TVISAPod and you'll know everything about this show at least. That's the show. Uh, I'm rambling because this is my last episode of the year. I'm taking a two week break. I just want to thank everyone. I started this podcast this year. It has meant so much to me. It was something I wanted to do. I managed to make it happen. And not just that, but I managed to get some of my absolutely favorite people on the show. And I'm still baffled. And I'm still baffled that so many people are supporting it. So just truly love. Thank you. So this was my good thing that came out of 2020. Thank you for giving me something from this hellhole of a year. And... We'll be back next year with another episode. I just, I will give you a hint. Our first guest of 2021, sexy as hell. That's all I'm going to say. Sexy as hell. I'm going to calm down because I, I get a little, you'll see. That'll get you through the holidays, hopefully. Thank you so much, TV I Say Pod, to the Potter. I, I'm going to come up with a name for you guys, for the fans of the podcast at some point. I'm going to stop rambling now. I hope you enjoyed that. Rate and review. Support the pod. The TV I Say theme song was made by Rafia Santana, and our artwork was created by Chastity Hyman. Hey, this is Jeff Lewis from Radio Andy. Live and uncensored, catch me talking with my friends about my latest obsessions, relationship issues, and bodily ailments. With that kind of drama that seems to follow me, you never know what's going to happen. 
You can listen to Jeff Lewis live at home or anywhere you are. Download the SiriusXM app for over 425 channels of ad-free music, sports, entertainment, and more. Subscribe now and get three months free. Offer details apply. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. <laughs> 